We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. And unfortunately, it is almost, what, week four of quarantine for the Corner Podcast. We were supposed to be at WrestleMania, at least WrestleMania week right now. Um, we would have been getting ready, prepped. We would have been in the Airbnb, chilling, reverse rap pack, getting ready to head to Wale Mania and Wild Out. With our boys Emilio and Kaz, amongst others. Dre, it's setting in. It's not happening. And uh, yeah, man, we're sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. It's it's sad. Like right now, I would have been halfway to Drunksville by now. I'd have already been drunk. But the, the bigger <laughs> issue is, is, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it sucks, man. We worked really hard uh, to get to wrestling with stereotypes. We had the lineup set. We had. Everything going. I mean, I was working on a pre-WrestleMania brunch for people of color and minorities to piggyback off of this. That was another thing we were doing. And none of this shit is happening. So now we're going to watch WrestleMania at in the comfort of our own homes on the House Party app with our crew and make fun of this shit. And, well, hopefully it'll be decent so we won't have to make fun of it too much. But <laughs> this is That's, not where I wanted to be. No. Nah. 
No, no. We wanted to be in Tampa in, uh, what is it, Raymond James Stadium for the actual event. We wanted to see NXT TakeOver, which has now been split up on to television. Um, but TakeOver was never disappoint. That was going to be fun. All of the house shows. Uh, shout out to Faye, who was going to be on the panel. She was throwing the, the gray sweatpants battle royal that I'm sure my wife was interested in because she has a thing for Scorpio Sky. Um, man, just all the shows, all the indie shows are some of the best shows we go to during the week before our panel, which would have been, uh, on Friday, which is tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday. Um, before that was going to be the GCW for the culture show, which I was really looking forward to a ton of, you know, a ton of people we know on there, Chris Bay, Marty, um, panelists from this year were going to be on there. Swole, it, it was just going to be a great event for the culture, like it says. And man, it was just going to be a bunch of blackness, and and it was going to feel real good. It was going to be fun, and it was going to feel like a cookout, like we were having yeah. a cookout in Tampa. Yeah, but, it, again, it sucks, man. I mean, dude, you know, we had a lot of surprises. Like part of the half of the panel was going to be dedicated to the women, the black women of pro wrestling, and you guys have finally seen the announcements. Second half of the panel would have been experiences from guys like AJ Gray to Emilio to Colt Scorpio was supposed to be on the panel. So all that would have been fun and fantastic. But if anybody's been to WrestleMania, you know, it's it is the cookout now. It's not just for pro wrestling fans. What we've come to realize the past couple of times we've been there is that there's this growing community of, you know, black folks who love pro wrestling. And this would have been the opportunity to just kind of hang out, um, kick it, have a good time see some good-ass wrestling, and, uh, and and meet people we haven't seen in a while. I mean, if anybody knows, like, we went to StarCast, we had a blast. And it was this would have been, like, ten times the size of StarCast because there's so much going on. Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, makes us look forward to Los Angeles next year even more. And we're already going to make it crazy next year. But now it's going to be just nuts going out there next year for WrestleMania. Um, the other thing that came to my attention, which neither of us really knew because we were both happily married men, but there's this side of WrestleMania, I guess, that's like part freak Nick that I had never known about. But Twitter today seemed to have informed many a wrestling folk that not only do people go for indie shows and wrestling, but some people go. Because they got pre-planned hookups. They're they're anticipating drinking at these shows and hooking up. I never knew this was a subculture of wrestling. But I applaud that too. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. Um, seen so many wild tweets the past few days of people that are just absolutely <laughs> disappointed. Uh, male and female. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, this goes both ways. And it's like, yeah, as a happily married man who's um, not in the market, I was completely blind to all this shit. So... Now that I know, it doesn't make me, I'm not going to act any different, but it's, uh, it's a little eyebrow raising. So it's funny. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, no matter where, you, you wild out. So, uh, that's, yeah. That's it. It's supposed to be, and it's so funny, like on the outside, people looking in, people are like, oh, wrestling, that's nerdy, that's all this stuff. It's, it reminded me, and maybe because I watched American Pie in American Pie 2 yesterday, but it reminded me when the Michelle chick is always like, this one time at band camp, and like crazy freaky shit would happen at band camp. But no one would think that, because it's like, oh, it's a bunch of band geeks. I guess that's WrestleMania. Yeah. So when yeah. people just go home, they're like, this one time at Mania, 
And then they just tell wild ass stories. Yes. Yeah, Who knew? So, uh, yeah, no mania for us. But we're going to, you know, chill, be on the stream together. We'll make the best of it. It'll be fun. And definitely it's going to just heighten the energy next year. Because nothing is better than missing something. Right? So absence makes the heart grow fonder. We've gotten so accustomed to, oh, every year it's mania. We go to mania. We hang out. We do all this stuff. That now it's like, wait, we don't get to do that? And it's going to be like that for all sports, right? But now when people go back, you get that added appreciation. And I think that's what we're going to have next year. Yeah, I'd still prefer to go. So, you know. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. But, uh, yeah, now that is what we are living in currently. Um, this show specifically today is going to just be WrestleMania 36 heavy. It looks like we're going to get 16 matches or in that vicinity. Maybe some get cut before uh, the show on Saturday and Sunday. Who knows? It's already taped. We'd have, we've avoided spoilers. So that is very good. Um, yeah, man. It, it's going to be different. And we'll run through all of that here in a second. But we also have to talk about AW and NXT. That their weekly shows. And uh, before I dive in that, into that, I just want to touch briefly on... I believe it was last week we talked about the IG live battle and now a week later there's a million of them. You have fatigue yet? I don't watch this shit. At you all. Oh. Because oh, that's weird. Yeah, like, you, 2 weeks ago you're like, "Oh, I got I got the hip hop bug again. I well, need to I mean, put my toe back in the water." Yeah, the D, like watching D nice, like the DJ thing I'm cool with because I I like DJs and I feel like this IG live era and the fact that this coronavirus has forced people to be stuck indoors has shown that the DJ is, once again, he's the tastemaker. Like, that was his job, you know, 20 years ago, which has been kind of taken away from him because everybody likes playlists. But now you got guys like Questlove spinning a, uh, you know, like an all Stevie Wonder session. You had, you had skills doing a <laughs> Michael Jackson impression. You shut up. You don't say anything about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> How do you um, say <laughs> Yeah, you, just laughing says enough. D Nice spinning like all the classics. You had Ninth Wonder who did an all 90s hip hop set. He did an all Ninth Wonder production shit. Like that is fun. This battle shit is not so fun to me. I know there's a lot of people that's really excited for it. A lot of my friends in the industry have been like talking about it, doing cheat sheets and shit. But like, all right, for instance, Timberland Scott and Scott Swartz, Swiss Beats sounded fun in theory to a lot of people, but for me it was pointless because Timberland is much better than Swiss Beats. No battle needs to be had for that. Totally unnecessary. Yeah. I but there was the structure of it is what makes the battle, I guess. So, so when do you play what track? It's like a one-upsmanship. So th and I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with that particular battle, even though I didn't necessarily need to see it. I'm fine with that. But then the other night it was Scott Storch and Manny Fresh, and I'm like, the fuck? Because I know there's a lot of people <laughs> that parent. were going. Yeah, a lot of people go. Well, Scott Storch got heat. Scott Storch co-produced a lot of shit. Manny Fresh produced a lot of shit. There's a big difference. <laughs> Wait, and time out. So you're not counting Dre? If Dre was to do one of these? See, but Dre's not doing one of these first and foremost, and it He's would not. get complicated with Dre because there's going to be a certain point where somebody, especially those of us in the know, would be like, Dre didn't produce that. Daz produced that. That wasn't Dre. That was this person. Even though yeah. Dre did produce a lot of stuff. Was but then Mailman? Well, no, Mailman was a rapper. It was mostly, it was a lot of Daz in the early Death Row era. 
Um, as, as time progressed, there was other people that got involved. Like there was DJ Khalil that helped out. Like there was a lot of people that helped out. Like <laughs> Dr. Dre Productions became Dr. Dre Productions, where they involved so many people. So that I. If Dre had one against anybody, it'd be like, this is ridiculous because he's got so much stuff here to you know, do. Like somebody pitched the idea of uh, Kanye West versus Quincy Jones. And I slapped the shit out of somebody who was like, <laughs> well, how are you going to? One of the greatest producers of all time is not Kanye West. It's Quincy Jones. And that catalog, it's like a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis battle. It's not fucking fair. Some of these people that are battling is incomparable. You just can't do yeah. it. I wouldn't the dream mind, killed Ron Browse. Yeah, like, that's not even in the same category. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So like, the fact that we're only three in three weeks into this, and like the 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 burnouts already happening, where people are just pairing weirdos up against with other people, it doesn't make sense. Like somebody was like, "Yo, what about a French Montana and Fifty Cent battle?" The fuck are you talking about? I don't want that. Fifty Cent, and then then the harder part comes. It becomes a personal taste in music, because Manny Fresh can play back that ass up. And that should win just about every other battle for most people because yeah. that was the, the shit. Like, no matter what anybody else plays, you play that one, it's almost game over. But when you, when you put certain people together, it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't understand what we're battling. Like, who dictates who's the winner? Like, who has the most hits? Who has the most deep cuts? You know, if, if I had a, a DJ Premier and a RZA battle, I'd probably pick DJ Premier because he's got more shit. But... It becomes difficult because if you're a hardcore Wu Tang fan, it's like, well, what am I, what am I judging against? So, I don't know, man. Every once in a while, it's cool. I think you could do a camp battle once, and like a Bad Boy versus Rockefeller, and I'd be in mm-hmm. on that, or a Bad Boy versus Death Row, but somebody probably get shot. But I would be <laughs> in on that. But I don't like every night. Come on, man. And then I could just play the shit on my play on my own playlist because it's not like there's a DJ spinning this. I think that's um, the problem. I, I think that's my problem right there. Yeah, so like, for instance, Swizz and Just Blaze did one of these a few years ago, and it ended up on IG Live. And a lot of people said Swizz won, which again, I think is blasphemous. I don't think Swizz Beast is that good, if you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> but they were they were spinning their songs, and they were mixing their songs. So when like Just Blaze, I forgot what he rolled into, and then went into Fabulous's Breathe, I was like, oh, it's a rap, because the way he transitioned was so dope. But now these guys are just pushing buttons. I don't care about that. Yeah, and talking in between it is not as dope. To me, especially with producers, it'd be better if they played beats we had never heard before. Yeah. Like, go through... Now, I don't want to hear your hits. I can go through your hits on iTunes. Let's go beat for beat of beats that aren't rhymed over. That we can't say, oh, well, that's a huge Beyonce song, so he wins. No, play your beats. Get on the NPC. Make a beat. Beat for beat. How about we throw a sample out and see who does what with the sample right there on the spot? So someone cuts a sample, jazz sample from the 60s, puts it out there, and then we have Manny Fresh and Scott Scorch right there on the keys and on the MPC build a beat around it. That's wild. That's some shit I would watch. Be a producer. Like on the spot. I don't want to hear... I know your hits. It's so much... It's like freestyle. Like... It's if you're like, yo, these two rappers are gonna have a battle, and then they went up there on IG Live and spit verses from their album. I don't need that shit. I'm good. Like, go up there freestyle against each other, right? See who's the better MC. 
I think producers could do the same. If you don't want to do it on spot, bring up the joints no one's ever heard. So one of my favorite joints in Fade to Black is when Timbo is showing Jay-Z all the beats. And you see Jay-Z pass up, I think, on the potion. Yeah. And uh, there was another crazy beat Timbo played. Watching Kanye go through the catalog of beats for Jay. Beats that have never been touched. Just lost in archives. Break those out. And let's see who has un unheard fire. So, I, I don't know. That's my opinion on it. I would tune in a lot more if that was the case. Um, but it's not going to stop. I do like the DJ sets. I like these little private concerts. I guess er Erica Babdu had one. Um, a lot of R&B people have been doing just like the living room concerts, which is dope. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, again, like, I like DJs. I like... Like, I'm very particular on my DJs because I like how certain people transition, the music they play. Like, you can tell a person's taste from DJs. Like, you know, this isn't like a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you who I'm doing this for, but I'm doing a piece on the legacy of the original mixtape. DJ Ron G, uh, DJ Clue, Tony Touch. And I'm talking about how it was such a forgotten era because the DJ was such an integral part of hip-hop. They broke artists. They broke records. They... They play stuff, so it's like if you got a DJ doo-wop mixtape from like Live 95, which is probably one of the greatest mixtapes of all time. It's a real mixtape. There's a DJ mixing, and he's breaking records that you had never heard before, and it was like some straight New York shit, so you had to get on 125th Street. And then yep. if anybody grew up with doo-wop, it's like you had the Bounce Squad with Unique, so they rhymed too. So it was like those mixtapes were an era, like DJ Clue. Like, Fabulous got on because of DJ Clue. Clue put Fabulous everywhere. We don't have that anymore. I miss that. I miss listening to mixtapes and, and playing them for my boys. It's like, yo, when my uncle brought me back a Ron G mixtape with a dirty version of Can It All Be So Simple, I lost my <laughs> fucking mind. Like, that shit was so crazy to me. But now it's just like a guy pushing buttons in the playlist. I don't, I'm cool on that, man. It's like, what's going to happen next? Is there going to be, what, two rappers who are going to spit written verses that we've heard before and have a battle on IG Live? That's it. I don't want that. that that's what it's going to be. Yes. I mean that's I, I don't I don't get that form of entertainment, but I mean that's where it's trending. <laughs> so Dog, have you not heard these songs? That's the thing that kills me. Have you not heard these songs before? I think the Neo Janta Austin battle was actually kind of cool because a lot of people aren't aware of what Janta Austin has contributed in R and B over the years. So when he would play a song that he wrote, people were like, Whoa, I didn't know you wrote that. That was kind of mm -hmm. cool. And with Neo, because it was all about his songwriting game. So instead of him just playing his hits, he was playing hits he wrote for other people. That's yep. cool. It's like if we had a Dilla session, if Dilla was still here today, and you got to hear a bunch of shit that nobody heard from Dilla, come yep. on, man. I'd be in for that. But I'm not here for all the stuff that I can just pull up on my iTunes now. That's ridiculous. But yeah. look, man, I'm sorry. To each his own. Some of y'all listen to this, man. I love that shit. Sorry. I can't help <laughs> you. It's not my speed. Nah. But there's little glimpses. Like you said, like the dream playing his reference tracks. Yeah. for I think that's smart. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, like, play reference tracks. Like, if you wrote this for Beyonce, don't play the Beyonce version. Play your reference track. Like, do cool shit like that. Um, but, I don't know. People aren't there for that. They want to hear the actual songs. Like, they can't just pull it up. And then, shout out to Elliot Wilson, who looked and said, you know what? I can probably monetize this. And just started putting together the exact track list on title. Yeah. So, I don't even got to sit through IG Live. And a bunch of round, brow, stupid-looking faces. I just go to title. Elliot Wilson cataloged the whole thing. Yeah. And you can judge it afterwards. And it's way better quality. So, 
I don't know. It, it's a, a weird thing, but I felt like asking since, uh, you know, getting back in the swing things, trying to be a little bit Mr. Hip Hop during this quarantine. So I want to see where you stood on that. Um, let's talk pro wrestling, though, because that's what we're here to talk about. And before we get into WrestleMania, like I said before, we have to talk AEW and NXT weekly shows. Start with NXT because I think it was quick. Um, I had it on mute. I am not going to put anyone on blast saying why I had it on mute. But there's uh, I had no, no urge to listen to commentary this week. So it was on mute the whole time. But there was a couple of good matches on there. Some you didn't like as much as me. I thought the matches were good. I thought uh, Shotzi Blackheart looked great. She did. In that gauntlet match. And then I thought the Keith Lee match was good as well. We've seen it before, but I mean, it's it's a good match just because I saw it before. It's a little short, though. I'm surprised it cut off right at 10. But I thought it was a decent episode of NXT. And we'll see what next week is because it's the de facto takeover. Um. Yeah, see... We'll talk about the comparisons in a minute. I thought the gauntlet match was good. It made Shashi Blackheart look great. I thought she looked really good. The um, Dakota Kai kick was weird at the end. Whatever. Like, if you, it just didn't look or sound good. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Minor gripe there. The Keith Lee match, to me, I didn't like it at really? all. Like... It just—I don't know, man. It, it like it that, that match between those three guys of that size and stature needs a crowd because it, there's a lot of ooh factor there. Like for instance, when Keith Lee was uh, power bombing Damian Priest on top of Dijakovic, that's yeah. something that would get a pop out of the crowd. But without a crowd, it just sounds like <laughs> what did Biggie say in his podcast? Big guy slapping meat, slapping meat. Just what it sounds <laughs> like. And when you listen to it, it just sounds ridiculous. So. <laughs> The match itself is something that we have seen before. Um, I didn't really need it. And then it annoyed me, and maybe the, the, this is probably just me. It annoyed me that they had the takeover backdrop in the background. It drove me nuts. Because I was like, why is this here? This isn't takeover. Stop calling it takeover, because it's not. I wish so, they're not, but I didn't even catch that. They did have the takeover backdrop. Yes, they had the pirate ship. They had the whole the NXT takeover. Like, this is not takeover. Why yeah. are you even... This is just a fucking match. It's just a match. And then, like... This one especially. Yeah, so it's like, I I don't know, man. I wasn't a big fan of the match. I think Lee and Dijakovic just do great matches by themselves. And I, I'll, I'll blame the wrestler formerly known as Punishment Martinez because he's just not adding anything to, new to the match at all. So I no. wasn't a big fan of the match. Um, The Velveteen Dream Bobby Fish match was, was also... better than I thought. It was fine. Um, Dream's promo was kind of weird. Not because it was bad, it's because this coronavirus is taking so much juice out of that feud. So when he starts cutting a promo on Adam Cole, I'm like, wait, what? Why were they? Oh yeah, like I totally yeah. forgot. Um, what else? Uh, um, Jake Atlas. There was just Jake, Jake Atlas, yeah, Atlas. Atlas, and he yep. looked like Creator Wrestler 33. Um, just showed. I mean, up. those are his indie shorts. I, I feel like they haven't packaged him yet, which is why he lost. Yeah, which is I guess is fine. It's just I don't know. The Dexter Loomis guy with the Stranger Things theme was yeah. weird. I don't know what they're doing with this guy. Um, and it feels like when you introduce new people without a crowd, it doesn't necessarily work unless they have a great promo. And we got none of that. Um, no. Malcolm Bivens uh, talking about the authors of Punjabi Pain is what I'm going to call them for the time being. <laughs> I have no idea what to call these guys. But they look like the authors of Pain and the Usos. Like it, But they look Indian. So it's like I'm going to call the authors of Punjabi Pain. 
They had the suits. Like, we've seen this gimmick, so it didn't resonate with me. Uh, we got a Killer Cross video promo. That was cool. I don't know when they're going to debut this guy, but needs to be in front of an audience. Um, Hopefully. I mean, I guess not. He can just go out there and kill someone. Uh, that's a guy who could cut a promo. Yeah, so, I mean, you, yeah, don't, you don't need to. And then, of course, you have the smoke show by his side. So, you know, Bordeaux, with, like, you can march him out at any time. He's not Dexter Loomis, who yeah. tried. After he beat Atlas, he tried to, like, give that feeling through the camera, right? So he's, like, stroking his face. He's giving you, like, this eerie, creepy feel. Kind of like Dexter when he kills someone. Like, his own character is Dexter, the yeah. show. Oh. So, I mean, like, he's romanticizing this. But without promos, it's kind of just weird. Yeah, like, so th there's one other thing I want to mention because it rolls into Mania, but I want to mention it now. Rhea Ripley has been toothless since she won the NXT Women's title. Her character is so bland and stale, it sucks. I don't uh, know if anybody else has noticed this, but the, the edge of Rhea Ripley has been dulled. Like, when she came in, she was on fire. Now she gets kicked in the back by Charlotte, and she's like, okay, I'll see you this weekend. That's not the Rhea Ripley we know. The Rhea Ripley we know would have got her revenge, or would have cut a promo, or would have been an asshole. Something like that. It's kind of like when Becky Lynch won the title, and they paired her with Seth, and made her toothless. She wasn't yeah. as ba as badass anymore. Rhea Ripley's lost a lot of momentum. I don't know if you see what I'm seeing, but I don't see the Rhea Ripley that was the killer that we, everybody was hot for and beat um, Shayna Baszler. Like, where's that character? When she beat Shayna, I wasn't hyped that she beat Shayna. Because, to me, this is more like Rhea Ripley than she was during that Shayna feud. They fed her a lot of that, which is cool, and she had to look for a second. But I remember Rhea Ripley, who was UK champion, and was toothless immediately. And Tony Storm came and had to whip her ass, and that gave her some character. But it was time to take the belt off her because Tony Storm was clearly the bigger and better champion at that time. It was like, okay, get the belt off her as fast as possible. So when she kind of shot through NXT, I was like. Okay, that's weird. But as a champion, she's the same as she was in the UK. If she's not chasing, it loses a lot of its luster. Because she's good in ring. She has the look. It, she has the bruiser weight look without the bruiser weight charisma. And her being a baby face takes a lot out of it. See, and th this is the point I was going to get to. Between becoming the champion and turning face ruins a lot of characters because I don't know if it's the writing or whoever they don't know how to handle it so like when with Rhea Ripley who's the perfect example who got the rocket strapped to her back sent to the top won the title and it was immediately thrown into a feud with Charlotte you need to have that edge for it to be believable but it, they've, they've like pulled all her sharp teeth out and now she's just a vanilla ass character that she was before I don't understand yeah. it and watching that her get attacked and then smile after the attack, I was like, what is this? this Bianca is... carried this feud early on. Yeah, because we said that. that good. But see, carried it. Whatever happens when talent be wins a title or becomes a face, the WWE needs to fix that quick because it's, it's just not working. And it's not they're not going to fix it. Let's just be no. honest. They've been doing this um, for so long, it's not going to get fixed. No. NXT has done it once. <clears throat> Excuse me. NXT has done it once, and that's Adam Cole. Where they refuse to turn him face. Which is great. But he has a faction. And he does little asshole things that help. 
But the biggest thing I think that ruins it in NXT, and Becky specifically, but not really anyone else in the main roster, um, NXT sees this a lot. It's that crowd in full sale. As great as they are for the product, they make it equally as hard to keep a heel a heel. And that's just the truth. AEW seeing that now. Shit, Jericho's so fucking good, it didn't matter. Because Jericho, again, he had a crew, though. So he was so good, they could be a heel anyway. But they started singing his music. They started doing all this. It's the reason why Nakamura had to change. is Because the NXT crowd cult mentality makes it so hard to keep a heel a heel. Because they immediately gravitate towards them. They, gravit- they boot chomp out of the building. No music necessary. Comes back from injury. Gets into a title feud. And he's a face immediately. Well, there's two, like, there's two things. It's so tough. There's two things. Anybody who comes back from an injury is going to get cheered. That's just True. how the shit works. But the guy who's the most hated guy in the, like, in the industry at one point. Dude, Triple H, Seth Rollins, all of them injured, came back, white me baby faces. That's just the way it is. You have to turn them. Who They did it right with somebody. Well, they did it right with Jericho. Because he's that fucking good. When he's Jericho, that fucking good. <laughs> when, when he came back against Punk and he trolled the crowd, just running mm-hmm. around and didn't say shit for weeks... Like you cheered until you were like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Then they booed. But see, I don't, I don't blame Full Sail because everybody's saying the glorious theme song, and Bobby Roode was still a fucking heel. It wasn't until he got to the main roster that they turned to babyface, which was the worst decision they could ever made. So you can cheer for somebody, but they can still be a dick. You don't have to turn them babyface. We've been booing Roman Reigns and John Cena for over a <laughs> decade, and they refuse to turn them heel. So there's no reason why if you're cheering for somebody like people do pop for the Undisputed Era, they still maintain that they're heels. This isn't that fucking hard. Just because they're cheering for Rhea Ripley doesn't mean you have to pander towards the crowd and shit like that. No, Sasha was a heel. And it worked. Oh, yeah. You know, there's ways to get around it. The WWE, for whatever reason, they they make it like Nakamura never had to turn heel, right? He just because he was always he was a babyface, but they just did yeah. it anyway and ruined everything with him. And like looking at the NXT takeover is like, wow, how did they fuck this up? But that's what we say a majority of the time is that they find a way to fuck these things up. This is a perfect example. Like Rhea Ripley had the rocket strap to her back, but if she doesn't have that edge, what is she? Becky Lynch had the rocket strap to her back, and when she was no longer chasing, it wasn't fun anymore. Some some characters aren't good enough to keep the heat for themselves. And the writers are so hands-on, they don't know how to lay off and just let the heel still be a heel and ignore the crowd cheers. You have to. Because, perfect example, Randy Orton. He's fantastic as a heel. He sucks as a babyface. Yet every single time that the RKO out of nowhere starts getting over, they turn a babyface. Every time. And it never (laughs) works. It never works. So here we are with Rhea Ripley, and it's like, if she goes over on Charlotte... It's going to be the worst thing that happened to the company. They, I don't think they realize what they're about to get into if they if she beats Charlotte at WrestleMania and has to come back to NXT as a babyface. People are going to boo her so quick. They're going to be tired of it within a month. No, no, because she beat Charlotte, so nah, they still have that NXT attachment. Nobody will give a shit because the problem is she'll be a babyface, and her her as a babyface is boring. Can you tell me that Be- Becky Lynch Most- is fun? Lately? Oh, Becky. Becky got her swing back. Yeah, yeah. You um, think so? I, yeah, I don't. Survivor Series on. Becky got Becky got back into being Becky. So, yeah, definitely. 
I don't think um, so, man. I think I think the I think, uh, I think the the man stick. Well, not even the man. Like the way that she's like driving the truck is corny to me. But I, I don't like the cool. truck. Like it's too stone coldish. Um, but I I do like I I feel like the energy around her character is bad. I think the worst thing they did, and I she shook it. I don't know how, but she shook it, and it worked. Was her and Seth? Oh, that was terrible. Um, he needed a complete rebrand and couldn't shake it. She at least shook it, and it was like, okay, cool. Um, it made for good dynamics during the Survivor Series build. I thought the women had the best Survivor Series build. They did, and Shayna and payoff of match. Yeah, but I, I liked Becky's character in that and attacking, and she she did well, and she still had edge, and she kind of found that. Oh, I'm still the man character. Um, during that, so, yeah, she, some, I don't know, she's experimented with it sometimes, I guess that gets on people's nerves, like, one week, she did, like, a Conor McGregor-esque promo, um, she done stuff with Stone Cold, but I think she's still, she's still fine in her, in her space, she hasn't gone completely stale, where you're just like, yo, get this shit off of her now, uh, I could see her beating Shayna, and, and continuing as champion, I, I think, there's not many women better. And that's just a fact of the matter. Well, better at like what? At, not in-ring wrestling. Yeah. But as a champion. Like, we've seen other women have the belt for three months and, and just flop. So there's not better women as champions. She's carried it convincingly outside of two months with Seth um, and the stupid Lacey Evans thing. Yeah, see... She carried it convincingly for a year. So, wait. Not many people can do that. Wait, what were her major feuds that you enjoyed? Uh, Survivor Series. Then she had uh, the Asuka feud just now. Survivor Series on. Series on. So, I mean, I guess that's four months from last year Mania through to maybe SummerSlam. I have to see. SummerSlam, I think, was the Lacey Evans blow-off. And that was just needed. I thought it was, it was bad. Like, it's been bad. Like, Becky... It was Becky, Corbin, Lacey Evans, and Seth. That was terrible. Intertwined for, like, four months of just... Oh. Ugh. Like, for me, like, there's there's a few victims of the Becky run. It's, this is that Again, this is, I'm not going to blame this on Becky. I blame this on the writing and the way they've handled this. Because I'm not saying that Becky should just drop the title or anything like that. But I'm saying they didn't pair her properly. Because... Lacey Evans, terrible babyface. Fucking horrible. Who could they have really paired Becky with if they wanted to turn a heel? Kyrie Sane. Like, there's people out there that could that could have given Becky a run. Even Sasha Banks, because she had the feud with Sasha Banks for a hot second. I mean, there's six. You're, you're saying there's people out there? There's six women. Yeah, but there's six that are all better than Lacey goddamn Evans. That's true. I don't know why she got pushed. <laughs> or, or why we did the whole stupid Rusev angle either. But... There's six women, and Alexa Bliss, bless her heart, she's a great character. She is not included in my six. No, and even um, Alexa, even is, though she's been a good champion, I, let me not shit on but Alexa. She was, better but she was as a, a champion. Heel. She was definitely. Yeah. Uh, and Becky's a tweener, so she can go against heels and faces. Cool, whatever. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put Alexa. She's not a tweener. Uh, baby face now then. She's a full blooded baby face. Like, she's okay, cool then. Face. Then I throw it to Alexa then. Um, so. I would say Asuka, Kairi Sane, the other three horse women, that's five, Alexa Bliss. That's it. Those are your list of opponents because everyone else falls flat. Natalia, 
She could wrestle. She's never going to be more than enhancement talent now. The time kind of passed her. And they put her in like one of the feuds at one point. Like, no, I don't care about that shit. Um, Nia Jax, when she comes back, maybe just because she's big, she can play the Braun Strowman role. I would love to see her and Tamina probably get a tag team run. Give her something else to do. Um, but I think Nia Jax maybe is the seventh. Outside of that, nah. Ember Moon's been hurt so much, who knows? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Ember. It's just, I, I don't know, man. She got hurt back to back. I guess. Like, it's crushing. Yeah, I mean, we can move on to AEW because we, we kind of veered off the top. But ultimately, I'm, my point is is that Rhea Ripley just hasn't been the Rhea Ripley that everybody got really excited for up into war games. And now that she's a champ, she's. I think they should have never done this feud with Charlotte. This is why, and I said it from the beginning to do this feud with Charlotte at WrestleMania, if it would have been as it was, was a bad idea. It should have been yeah. Charlotte had to come to NXT to prove her worth, that she's still NXT. The WrestleMania never needed Charlotte, and well, never needed Rhea, but I get why they did it because Vince is never going to do a WrestleMania without Charlotte. No. But it just I would have found a way to put her in the tag team then. Like, I, I, even though she had to win the Rumble because Vince wants her to have the most accolades ever. It's just, yeah, it's like weird. the Rumble thing, to me. I think that's kind of what has hurt, and I'll leave it at this so we can move on. That That's what kind of hurt this Becky and, Sh- and uh, Shayna feud. Because if Shayna would have won the Rumble, you could have started building that program a lot sooner than that dumbass vampire bite. You could have get yeah. like, you wouldn't have had to run through the Elimination Chamber that everybody knew she was going to win. Charlotte never needed to win the Royal Rumble. She could win the shit next year. She's not going anywhere for like the next 10 years. She has the opportunity, <laughs> so why rush it? I, I don't know. That's all I got to say about it. It's ridiculous. It's rough. I mean, I don't know. It, we'll get to AEW now, but it's so much different projecting a woman's wrestling career than a man, a man's. And that's not not in a bad way at all. It's just these women, like Charlotte got engaged. Her and Andrade are going to get married. You, you never know when someone just wants to start a family for two or three years. And that's real. The WNBA is like that. Like, you... Skylar Diggins just bounced for a year. She was like, no, I want to have a child. Like, this is a great job and career, but I also have a life. So just assuming Charlotte's going to be there the next 10 years is a huge assumption. Because she can decide to have two kids and not be there the next two out of three. Yeah, but come on, man. Let's be honest. Like, Natalia It's very, gone. very possible. Natty hasn't gone anywhere. Sasha hasn't gone anywhere. Bailey hasn't gone anywhere. She can win the Royal Rumble fucking next year. <laughs> and when she does have a kid, she can come back. Oh, Maybe yeah. Games, now the pop coming back, yeah. You know, I'm just saying. The pop is huge when you come back from having a kid. There's just no reason for Charlotte to win the Royal Rumble. It just didn't need Stacking accomplishments. That's that's all it is. Um, AEW this week continues to be fun. Um, before I dive into nuts and bolts, again, internet sucks sometimes. And I just saw people today crushing both companies. At this point, we, we know they're going to put on shows. WWE is pre-taped. AEW is finding ways and venues to record at. I, I kind of, I'm done with complaining that they're doing it. Like, if the wrestlers want to put themselves in harm's way and the company's okay with that, then fuck it, I'm not going to be their voice of reason. And... This week, people were like, look at the ratings dropping. Look how low the ratings went. This was AEW's first week in dropping ratings, and it went down to like 600,000. I think it was their second lowest show ever. And I was like, it's not a reflection of the show, because that shit was great. 
like people are finding other stuff to do at home binge watching series doing other stuff but i'm tired of people just come kind of complaining about that and then using these ratings to just justify their complaints it's like yeah so what their ratings dropped does that mean they should just scrap it and not do any more wrestling shows no they're they're in it they're knee deep in this ratings at this point don't matter because 600,000 is better than zero and that's what they're thinking yeah I'm with I'm with you on that because I, I don't want anybody to put themselves in harm's way by doing this shit. But if you're going to do it, make it entertaining. And that's Fuck what it. you're doing. Fuck it. Yep. I, you know, like the ratings, like like I said before, I don't care. With AEW nope. and, and NXT, I don't care on Wednesday nights. I don't give a shit. As long as they're both still on, that's all I care about. Yep. Raw and SmackDown are the ones you should look at the ratings because that actually affects Vince. And it may make him make changes. But AEW and NXT, if the ratings are great, bad, I mean... In a way, it's kind of like you want NXT to, like, I don't know, have less writers because the TV ain't clicking like that or go back to what works. I don't know. But I don't care, man. Like, stop. Y'all, yep. y'all bitching complaining about everything. And I, I don't care. Like, these wars, like, dude, some programs suck. Raw, like, WWE main roster stuff sucks. It's just the way it is. And it, when it gets good, we'll talk about when it's good. Like, I've been watching WrestleManias, and I've talked about it in, like, our group chat. When they get it right, they get it right. Right now, they're not getting oh, yeah. it right. I don't care about the ratings. I just want the shit to be good. Yep. So, And that's why we root for NXT and AEW, because we want them to push you know, the main roster. And unfortunately, when the person running the main roster sees dollar signs and numbers, we have to root for the numbers. You know, So I, I want AEW to be a million plus every week. Because I want it to be a real threat. I want NXT to get over a million and squeeze in on SmackDown so they look up and be like, fuck, these guys are beating us with a Wednesday's time slot. We got to do what they're doing. So that's that's the only reason I we care about numbers. Like We just want it to be the best product possible to get the best out of the main roster, which we are tied to for better or worse Yeah. at, at this point in life. Um, AW, though, their show... I thought it was good. Opening with Kenny Omega is just never a bad idea. Right. So, um, I'm not even a Trent Beretta guy. But I was like, fuck, this is a good match. 29 minutes to open the show. And uh, Kenny didn't hold back. I thought at one point Trent killed him with a <laughs> German suplex off the top rope. But, man, it was such a, a good match. Kenny powerbombed him into, I guess, a NFL goalpost. At one point, they, they brought it back into the ring. Kenny ended it with the one-winged angel right at the buzzer. Uh, Man, just that set the tone for the whole night. And then we had dope promos and and good matches in between. Yeah, I guess this is what happens. I don't don't know why. How does A... Well, I know why. But AEW's (laughs) empty arena shows are so much more entertaining than NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. So much more entertaining. I know a lot of it has to do with the wrestlers in the crowd. Because they bring a little bit of energy there. Huge There's that part. There's the value over actual pro wrestling because the Beretta and Kenny Omega match was a really good match with a smattering of wrestlers in the crowd to make some noise, and it was a good match. I don't know why Raw SmackDown NXT can't get this shit right. The Jericho promo in the hot tub with his jeans on with the dogs and the drone was excellent. To be fair, main roster has had good promos they, but, and this they, past right, week. They've had good promos. The matches have been kind of lacking. No, yeah, not but at all. But 
like we, we mentioned that last week when Raw Raw's had some really great promos. Like some of those guys are just great at talking, and even yep. Seth Rollins, who was never really that great, put together an excellent promo. But it's like there's something that's just missing with the thread of the show. Like AEW's not relying on excessive replays because they they have nothing really to work towards, which I guess is another benefit there. It's like you're you're gonna do a few things here and there, like Lance Archer debuting and absolutely murdering Marco Stunt. It's good TV. <laughs> that was good yeah, television. That was hilarious. Dude, um, I know some people are sick of AEW taking shots at WWE. However, Brody Lee aping the Vince McMahon thing as the exalted one and like saying yawning is a weakness and doing these it had to be stuff that JR had to tell him. Oh, like these nuances. <laughs> yeah. They are funny as hell to me. And I think aside from his ring attire, which is terrible, I like Brody Lee in this role. I just need the I just need the ring attire to change and I need whatever the motivation for Dark Order is, I need them to figure that out. But Brody Exactly. Lee is How does it tie into the Dark Order? Because now Brody Lee is just a great character. He could have done this shit without the Dark Order. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's just a businessman. He's not even a creepy businessman. He's just a, a funny caricature of Vince. So what is the Dark Order? Oh, you're cracking a claw. Hold on. Yeah. Excuse me. Wait, wait for me. Got my, All right. Got a watermelon claw today, baby. Oh, cheers. I'm on the mango. Um, But, yeah, so, like, I, I don't know why they are needed. I don't know. The Dark Order has nothing to him. I have no idea. Like, I, 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 was, I was watching this. I was like, man, Brody's really good. I guess he needs somebody for him to boss around. I guess. All right, fine. Whatever. Um, but it's, yeah. it's not very dark, though. It's more funny than dark. Yeah. I don't know what the end game is here. But ultimately, what AEW has been able to do in these with these empty arenas, they've been able to have entertaining shows. Even the tag match, which I was like, is really Sean Spears in my main event tonight? Yeah. But then when Darby decks Cody, I was like, all right, cool. I won't. I'm going to reserve my criticism into, unless it happens. If they don't put this this uh, TNT title, which is I think is a terrible name, but if they don't put this <laughs> mid-card title on Darby, Sammy, or Lance, and they put it on somebody like Cody or Sean Spears, that's a huge fucking mistake. I think they're going to go with a vet. I think they're going to make the mistake. Um Unless they go with MJF. He's not in the tournament. He's not in the tournament? No. Oh. Well, fuck. I don't know, then. Yeah. Is it Sean Spear? I mean, Guevara holding a belt would be good. He's been money. You got to put on the heel first, I feel like. I don't know. I, I, see, this I don't feels know better you, on the heel. I mean, you could and have somebody chase it. Like, MJF chase. always feels like this is something built for him. But Guevara and Darby also feel like the two guys this is built for. Because this could be really like the work rate title, and those two guys. Gotta see who else is in this. Uh, Lance Archer could take it as a heel, and be. I like that. I mean, he looks really old. Let's be like. I understand he's a monster heel and blah blah blah. I I don't like the mohawk braid look. It didn't do much for me in New Japan. See, I don't. Um, I don't see. Here's here's my here's my thing about Lance. He I looks like Bill Goldberg, but if, without the history behind. Him. If Lance were to win that title, it takes him out of the main event picture, which I think is a lot more valuable for Lance Archer right now to establish that mid that mid card title as a dominant champion. So when whoever gets it off of him, it means something. So that's my only theory on Lance is like because if Lance doesn't have the title, he's such a monster that I feel like they're gonna they would try to pair him with like a 
you know, Moxley too soon. But if you put him in the mid card for a long time, you give that title some juice, and whoever gets it off of him, it'll mean something. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that's my only theory there. But as long as it, if Cody gets it, I think it's completely useless. They need to keep it off of Cody Rhodes. Definitely, and him and Sean Spears, keep it off of both of them. Yeah, Spears. I guess I could see. I, I don't know. I don't know what Ty Dillinger, aka Sean Spears, best asset was being the best jobber. I think in pro wrestling, he made being a jobber endearing. When you do too much with him, is where you fail. I think. Yeah. So it, it is just weird. Um, I agree. It was a good, good night. One thing I don't have to see. Is the nightmare, what are they, collection or nightmare narrative? I don't <laughs> know. The team of QT and, uh, and Dustin. And Dustin, like, against two random Dark Order members. Yeah, I mean. Who somehow got offense in. I was like, yo, I feel like I'm watching an FSW show, but not, like, the really good ones at Samstown. Like, the ones that we go to the warehouse and just kind of get drunk and watch. Randomly, where we saw Moxley. Um, I feel like I was watching one of those. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Um, I think if they attempt to push Dustin and QT as, like, like legitimate tag team guys that could threaten for the title, I'm not saying they should completely job out, but, dude, QT? No, man. I didn't even know Dustin wanted to be a full-time wrestler again. I thought he came in just to do the Cody shit, and he was just going to, like, be a producers the thing i don't necessarily mind him as a hand if he's losing <laughs> like he wins a lot yeah I don't need a lot of offense. like yeah. personally i want to see um i want to see brody demolish him that's what i want to see i like that like archer going, should yeah. demolish him let's, let's, you know all those guys let's go in that direction with dustin like i don't want this the nightmare tag team to really get any sustained run at anything but yeah dustin cocabana the qt dude they should just be crushed i actually like cocabana on commentary i, I think cocabana is actually pretty good on commentary um much better i don't mind cocabana as a talker i just think he should lose his wrestling matches he's, he's a good hand much like he's much better than listening to sam roberts on the next team oh Sir, you mentioned the name. I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't. I didn't hear a second of it, so I couldn't tell you if it was good or bad. <laughs> it was bad. N- not one second. And someone was like, "Oh, thank God they replaced Morrow." Like, no, 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 no. I was like, "Are you, are you fucking kidding me?" And I was like, "Are you really saying Sam Roberts is a step up from Morrow?" People dislike Morrow a lot on on Twitter. People dislike everything. I don't care. They really do. No one's happy. But Morrow went to AEW tomorrow. Woo! Six stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, people are fucking weird. But AEW, love the product again this week. You mentioned it's not building towards anything. I don't think it has to. No, it doesn't. Um, kind of shoehorned WWE in this period of time. They had to build towards WrestleMania and then TakeOver. NXT tried to dial back, but it was too late. And WWE had to push forward because it was too late. Um, I guess they could have postponed, but... Again, I don't think that was on Vince's mind, so they have to push forward. So we'll see where they go after that, because do you keep doing television? Do you build new feuds? Do you do random just matches? How do you go? Do you just treat everything like a house show? Which I think should have been the way to go anyway. 
As soon as you can't have fans, you can't have anything. Treat everything like a house show. No rhyme, no reason, no feuds. Go out there and just book different matches every week. Dude, the fact that, like, we don't know how long this coronavirus thing is going to last, and then the direct effect it has on them pre-taping shows, like, they can go another month. So imagine whatever happens at WrestleMania just happens and then nothing for, like, a month. Why did we even do WrestleMania? It's, like, supposed to be the season reboot, and we're not that. That would be incredibly refreshing, though. It'd be the off-season people were calling for. Yeah, it'd be an off-season, which in theory is good, but now it's like you're... I don't know, man. Between Vince and Dana White's, like, boner for, like, putting on shows, they they don't really understand that, like, okay, let's just say you get this show off, which for Dana, I don't know what he's going to do about UFC, but, you know, Vince, you're going to get off this WrestleMania. Then what? Like, where are you going with this? Like, the benefit for AEW has been... We're not going anywhere, so we're just gonna have some. We're gonna slow burn some of these storylines. We're gonna introduce a few things. We have no end game right now because there's really no end game in sight. With WrestleMania, yep. it's like, well, we got to put a champion, a title on somebody, and which we'll talk about in a second. If like you got somebody like Goldberg, who is now without his first opponent, can you keep the title on him for another two months? Like Ugh. what the fuck? Yeah, I, fuck, I don't know. We got to talk about that now, I guess. Let's take a quick break. I'm already halfway through my claw thinking about it. So you guys stay tuned right there. When we come back, we're breaking down everything WrestleMania 36. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including a $750,000 poker series. So if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Just that quick, paying the bills. Uh, WrestleMania 36, and <laughs> the old man and I are reminiscing about when we first started drinking White Claws and how much drinking we just have been doing on this quarantine. Um, I might have a problem after this is all said and done. <laughs> hey, so, listen, a lot of you guys, I don't, I don't think anybody's taking a picture of the bar at my house. Good. Um, but I have, a, I have like a fully stocked bar. Like a fully, fully stocked bar. And I never really drink from it because I'm either leaving the house or I'm working. But now I'm here, all I do is drink. And this sounds really bad. But I literally <laughs> drink all, like I wake up in the morning. And like, like, I'm going to have my like, coworkers calling me like, what is wrong with you? I wake up in the morning, <laughs> I have a coffee with like Irish cream or Kahlua. In the afternoon, I drink a White Claw. In the evening, like I, I broke open my bottle of uh, Hennessy XO and I had like, I have my pure white Hennessy. Like the things I hadn't drank, like I have like bottles of liquor that are a couple hundred dollars and I just won't open them because I was like, I need a special occasion. There ain't no special occasion. So I just drink all fucking day. And I don't know, man. It Like I think in the break, tell me it's like... The worst thing about this quarantine is like figuring out that I'm an alcoholic. 
<laughs> that that's what I come to realization of. Like, yo, if I have nothing else to do, I'm just gonna drink and play video games. Yeah. So every night, like, I'll get my work done during the day, and I might have a white claw with lunch. You know, just keeping the calories down and chilling. And then like six o'clock rolls around, seven o'clock, and the wife is just like, "You want a drink?" I'm just like. Yeah, all right, what do we got? And then we've gone to, because out here, they don't sell liquor in the supermarkets. So you got to go to the liquor store. She knows the people at this point. They're, like, really nice. We go, we pick out a bottle. We have, like, eight bottles on top of the fridge now. She's shopping for, like, a little rack. And I'm just like, a lot of what we do revolves around drinking now. But I feel like this is what I would be. So my job... Like daily saves me from being an alcoholic. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure of that now. Cause I just look up and be like, yeah, let's have a drink. Like, oh, shots, sure. And I couldn't have the bar you have, cause then yeah, I'd, it'd really be a problem. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing. I remember one day I came over your house. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get, grab a drink for your bar. Yeah, like yeah. You're like, um, what do you want? I was like, oh, I don't know. Probably have some gin. You're like, yeah, there's a gin down there. Someone gave me like four years ago. Yeah. You're like, you can have some of that. I was like, I'm not opening a four-year-old bottle of gin. I was like, no, I'm going to drink whatever's up here. Like, I feel horrible if I open that. Um, but I, I am single-handedly responsible for drinking at least 60% of your Hendrix. Yeah, yeah I had to buy like All the you, you always have Hendrix stocked at your I, bar. That's my favorite it. part of your bar. Yeah. I keep, like, there's a couple things I keep. I keep Hendrix and a lot of people look at me weird. I keep Fireball. I like Fireball whiskey. Don't ask me. And I keep Macau. I like shots of Fireball. Do you drink I, it straight? Like I, in, in your little glass? Sometimes, but I, I reserve drinking things neat and straight for like my higher end brandies and whiskeys. I mix it with like Diet Dr. Pepper. It's actually really good. And it gets you there okay. pretty quick. And there's no reason for me to get there because I'm at home all the time. But it's like, <laughs> there's nothing like playing a game of NBA 2K and being a little late. So, yeah, man. This this is uh, like WrestleMania. Like when we watch this, I mean. Oh. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm drunk both nights. Yeah. I'm about to say, I'm, I'm be drunk both nights. Um, let's hope for a good main event. Because that's the, that's the one benefit. Because last year we're at MetLife. And... We're chilling. We got the floor seats. We're feeling all dope. And I was like, all right. There's a little bit of a lull. I think The Miz was wrestling Shane. I was like, I'm going to go grab a couple beers. $17. (laughs) $17 a beer. And I was like, damn. So it came to the realization of I can't even get drunk at WrestleMania if I wanted to. Yeah, it costs. It's much. it's just yeah, it's not financially feasible. And I don't care even if I have the money. It, it's like going to a club. I just can't bring myself to spend seventeen dollars a drink. No man, especially when you know how much a bottle costs at home, and you're like, oh man. But now I'm at home. Like I've bought, I have like I bought five cases of White Claw Bud Light and but the Bud Light Seltzer. Like so, I have all those because I'm still trying to be relatively healthy. And then I bought like a bottle of Don Julio. I forgot what year it is. Bought a bottle of Don Julio. So it's like, and I bought like this margarita thing. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, yo, this would cost me like $500 to get drunk off this shit at, a, at yeah, WrestleMania. Here, yeah. maybe 100 bucks I spent for this shit. And I'm about to, and like Costco too? Yo, listen, I am the Costco fiend. <laughs> listen, you like I, I bought a bottle of Jameson, a bottle of uh, the, the gallon. Gallon of Jameson, a gallon of Fireball, my Don Julio, my Patron. 
something else. I spend less than a hundred dollars, and I buy the McAllen like the McAllen usually costs like one fifty. I get it for like ninety bucks. So it's like, why would I ever go to <laughs> WrestleMania and drink again? I need. I'm gonna start carrying a flask around. Old man Andreas is gonna start carrying a flask. Watch what happens. So I'm t- <laughs> telling you, next year WrestleMania LA, our spot is going to be the go-to spot for getting drunk. Oh, I promise that. Because as soon as we touch down in L.A., if we drive, if I guess I would fly in, but if I drive from Vegas or however we make it happen, we are stocking up at a Costco, and the crib is going to have the best bar in L.A. Yeah, I'm with that. Only time I'm not drinking is before our show. I'm, I'm pretty reserved to that. <laughs> Next year, Mania, especially missing this one, that's the only time you guys will catch me without a drink in my hand is directly before our show because I got to stay in sober mind due to the cast of characters we always have. I'd be laughing the whole time. It wouldn't be good for television. And uh, Fight TV would call us be like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? So I stay sober before the show, but like in Chicago, it's time to get shit-faced after. Me and Dre had buckets of 10 beers each. At an indie show where a guy got his arm sliced open in a death match. Oh, I forgot about that. Probably because I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. But all right. We each just had a bottle of a bucket of beers. Just chilling. The guy had to get rushed to the hospital. So uh, these are the things you see in wrestling weeks. Um, let's dive into WrestleMania 36. And the preview kind of broke it up uh, into two sections to kind of get through it. So you guys will hear us run through two different sections. We don't know what's happening on Saturday and what's happening on Sunday yet. But try to break it up as best as we could. It's kind of broken up between Raw and SmackDown. Um, so we'll just go through it like that. First up, we have Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn intercon- intercontinental title. Best match of the weekend. Best pure match, I think. We yeah. get all weekend. I Yeah, it's. I wish it was in front of a crowd. I just, as long as it gets time. Look, okay, first things first. I hate that this show looks like it's going to be eight hours long between two days. Is completely unnecessary. Dre, it was going to be eight hours in one day. You're acting know, like this I is know, different. I know, I know. I'm just saying. It's two pay-per-views in two days of emptiness. But this match... We're not doing anything else. I know, but I could be doing other things. I don't know. But this you match could be... This, this match could be really, really good. I mean, this match, if it was for this WrestleMania, I'd be so hyped. I would be so hyped to see Zayn and Brian because these are two guys who deserve the opportunity. And it's so weird because I can't figure out who's going to win because I don't even know if these storylines matter anymore. Um, but oh, I kind of Zayn, Zayn has to win. You yeah, can't I, drop I, the belt right away. I kind of want Zayn to win this match, and I want him to win clean. I think this is a byproduct of win with shenanigans. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think this match is a complete byproduct of Daniel Bryan saying, look, guys, I'm not going to be here for a long time. Let me work with whoever I want to work with, and if I feel like putting them over, let me do that. And they said, okay, fuck it, it's coronavirus. So I think that's why this match is happening. I 100% agree. Daniel Bryan is just going on his, I want to wrestle everyone I want to wrestle tour. And we're going to wrestle my way. Shut up. So he's like, yo, I need 18 minutes, me and Sami Zayn. We're going to do whatever the hell we want to do. Leave us alone. And they're like, all right. (laughs) At this point, what are you going to tell the man? Exactly. So you, you gave him all this money. to co- First off, he went to all these doctors to clear himself to get back. You gave him all this money because rumors started circulating that he was going to AEW if you didn't clear him. He gave you a legit title run, put over the fiend. He's like, no, now I'm going to do what I want to do. Shut up. 
And you just got to be like, all right. His wife is still earning you buku dollars off of Total Bellas. So, I mean, you got to just kind of do what the hell he wants. So, I, I like that. I think Sammy wins, but one hell of a match. Um, probably Sami Zayn's best main roster match, I would say. And I even, it hasn't even happened yet. I'm just going to throw it out there. Sami Zayn, John Cena was really good. True. But I, I would give him, and I think he had a good one against Kevin Owens at like a random summer pay-per-view. But I am going to set the bar that high for this match. Um, next up, we have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, women's tag team titles. Don't shit on the tag team titles. They are what they are. Um, I don't expect the greatest of matches, but I do like Kari Sane. And <clears throat> let's see, Kari Sane... And Nikki Cross to get into some good spots. Because Kyrie hasn't really wrestled a lot since her since her injury. And I was going to say Kyrie saying Alexa Bliss have good spots. But I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to have anything crazy. Um, Nikki Cross and Asuka had that good match. It was like a Noah's Bar match on NXT. Which was fucking insane. So they have some chemistry too. We should have a... It's not going to be a horrible match. But I expect Alexa Bliss to pin... Asuka, because Asuka's been losing a ton lately. And for Alexa and Nikki to get the belts. I'm going to complain about the women's tag team titles. Because they exist for no reason. I saw that coming. Yeah, I, I can't help myself, man. It's like you introduce a, another title for a show that has like too many titles. And then they like never defend it. And now they defend it, they're going to lose. I hope they win. I hope... Like Asuka's... I, I'm not saying this just because I'm an Asuka stan. But she's been the best thing in the women's division, in my opinion, for the past few months. Her on commentary has been exceptional. She's just I agree. Really good. And it feels like you have to separate them now. It feels like they've been separating them anyway. I don't know, man. And like, I feel like they have to lose the belts because Asuka got to take off. And Kyrie's saying, you got to see if she can sink or swim by herself. I don't know. I don't know. I hope they don't lose. Like, I would hope they... Okay, I'll put it like this. I'm picking Bliss and Nikki to win. But if the tag team titles meant something, I would want Asuka and Kyrie Sane to retain. Because then yeah. they could work. But if they're not going to work with these tag team titles, separate them. Move them on. Because it doesn't make any sense. The whole Kabuki Warrior thing, whatever. If you're not going to defend these tag team titles routinely, get it off of them. Yeah, and uh, it... Stands true, the Iconics are still the best women's tag team champions of all time. When, were the, when was the last time they were on TV? Um, it's been a while. One got hurt and then came back and then took some time off to get married. The other one took time off to get married to uh, Sean Spears. And then I haven't seen him since. And that was like summertime. So I don't know what they're doing. I think they were on main event like three months ago. Uh, next match, Elias versus King Corbin. I hate this match. If this shit goes more than 10 minutes, I'm just thoroughly upset. And you got, listen, we got four hours to kill. Each match, <laughs> theoretically, should go 25 minutes. This goes longer than 10, I'm upset. Well, King Corbin to, wins. Prepare to be Done. upset. Who would have thought, like when I, uh, I mentioned this in our group chat, when you look back at the NXT TakeOver in Dallas, Sami Zayn and Nakamura, uh, Joe versus Balor, uh, American Alpha versus The Revival, uh, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin, 
and I can't remember what the other match was. Oh, Asuka and, and Bailey. Who would have thought that Baron Corbin would be the most used invisible guy out of that pack? What the fuck? I mean, they use him to lose a lot, but yeah, that's odd. I'm just saying. Technically, Nakamura has been the best champion because he's held the belt for 75% of his main roster run. Yeah, they've been shitty belt. No, they've been shitty runs, but he's had a title 75% of the time, which is nuts. But who's been in a more prominent position? Baron Corbin. He got oh top of the card the whole time. Like he retired Kurt Angle. He he feuded with (laughs) Seth Rollins. Like you you think about all the things that, that Baron Corbin has done, and then you look at like Nakamura. Finn Balor, yes, Finn Balor won the Universal title, but then he got hurt and he was relegated to like mid card status for the rest of his life, and now he's been he's in NXT, where I haven't even seen him. They haven't even mentioned this Walter match unless it happens on NXT. Walter UK. can't come from the UK. Exactly. There's nothing for him to do. But then you look at Nakamura, it's a travel ban. You look at Asuka, who has been, you know, she comes and goes. Uh, Bailey's not. I mean, I guess you could say she's been in a prominent spot because she's held this the SmackDown's Women's Title. But Barrett Corbin has always been near or at the top of the card. It's uh, the Roman Reigns feud? Like, what? Yeah. There's no reason Samoa Joe shouldn't have retired Kurt Angle. Right. Bringing their story, TNA, like, it would have been a good match. (sighs) This gives me a headache. This match is going to go long. Oh, he got suspended. Yeah, he got popped. Um, Yeah. It's all right. He was coming back from injury. Shit happens. This match is going to go long. Baron Corbin's probably going to win, and nobody's going to care. This match should be punch, punch, throw the guy outside, punch, punch, hit over the head with a guitar, roll in, false count. Corbin gets up, hits uh, the stupid little tilt-a-world back drop that he has, and then picks him up, end of days, match over, six minutes. Question. Is the end of days the second most protected move in pro wrestling behind the uh, angel wing? I mean, the uh, one wing angel. Ooh. Who's kicked out? Is it more protected than a jackhammer? Who's kicked out of the end of days? No one. I I don't think anyone's kicked out of the end of days. I mean, I I think Roman Reigns would be the only one, but I don't even recall him. I don't think he ever hit the end of days on Roman Reigns. And I don't think he ever hit it and he kicked out. I think end of days is the most protected move in the WWE. I I'm not gonna lie though, that move is fucking dope. It is. Don't get like <laughs> Corbin has two of the dopest moves. He's just not a great all around wrestler outside of that. I I want to be very clear about my my thing with Corbin. It has nothing to do necessarily with him. I don't think he's terrible. I think they position him wrong to the point where you're like, go away. I think yeah. he's got a great. He's got a really good move set, and he's actually gotten better and has decent matches. But they keep putting him at the top of the card, which is like cuts on, good guys. promos. Yeah, like Corbin's yeah, not he just, bad. Nah, he's just he's, not a, he's a good mid card heel. And, but that's where he should stay as a mid card heel. Yeah, I don't. And maybe I don't, let him work his way up. They shoehorn him up there. That's the prop. They just rocket strap him to the top with no rhyme or reason. Yeah, so that's all I want to know because I, I was looking at it the other day and I was like, has anybody kicked out the end of days? This thing is like the one no. in the angel. But to be fair, no one should. That shit looks beautiful. And some people sell it better than others. I'm sh- Chad Gable, Shorty G, is one of the best at selling it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think anyone kicks out of that. But he should win. He needs a win. Um, then you have New Day versus Usos versus Miz and John Morris in tag team title ladder match. First and foremost, this <coughs> match isn't happening. 
No. Spoiler alert. I don't even know if it's a spoiler at this point because everybody knows the Miz had was reportedly sick and couldn't compete. So now this is reportedly turning into a three-man ladder match for the tag team titles. What the fuck? What if I tell you it's going to be better or equally as good? Don't give a shit. It's a it's a tag it's a match for tag team titles. But you got to put teams. Kofi in. So what does Big what does Big E do? He's not working. Yeah, that hurts. One of the Usos are not working. If this is a three man match for tag titles, what are we doing? But again, this is the problem when you continue to press on with a show amidst a pandemic, and you run the risk of people getting sick. Damn right. Well, at least they smartened up and said, you know what? We got to scrap it. Making the Miz work sick would have been the worst case scenario. I mean, you know, the question is. Who did he work with when he got sick? So that last yeah, SmackDown, you don't when know he had, where he came from, yeah, when he attacked the Usos in the New Day, was he sick then? Yeah, come on, the, the, like we're getting in the weeds here, it's but too many question marks. Yeah, like either way, I don't I know. think Morrison's going to retain these tag titles because whatever. And if anybody saw that terrible rap video those guys put out. Holy shit. <laughs> Look, some things are funny. That, it's that, funny. But... That, that wasn't it to me. I was like, all right, you guys are just doing shit now. <laughs> it was cringy. Um, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Another really good wrestling match. Uh, as long as it limits the shenanigans, it worries me that none of Seth Rollins' other people have anything to do for Mania. So I expect a lot of shenanigans. But uh, if they let him wrestle for the majority of time, I think this would be really good as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, this is a match where I look at it and go, this should be really good. Kevin yeah. Owens and Seth Rollins should tear that. Like, between this and the Zayn-Brian uh, match, these should absolutely kill. In front Those of are the two crowd. legendary ROH matches. Yeah. If they happened in 2010. Yeah, and if somebody booked them like ROH matches, but if they do shenanigans and a bunch of horse shit in the middle of the card, like, it might not be good. But I'm hoping this will be good, um, and I'm, I'm hoping Kevin Owens wins. I'm almost getting tired of Kevin Owens as a babyface, though. I Ooh. like him much better as a heel. Yeah. I, he's good at anyone, any role. I mean, he's really, he's good. just an asshole babyface to the person he's wrestling. So he's not even like a nice guy, per se. He's just a, an asshole to the heels. Yeah, but I hope Owens gets over here because I just want to... I feel like the Kevin Owens has been... You know, some people say, well, he hasn't necessarily been misused. But it's like, if you look at it... When he came over from NXT and beat Cena, he should have been, like, super money there. And then he kind of drifted off, and he had the Universe title, and that was cool. But then when he headbutted Vince... That was a good run. Yeah, when he headbutted Vince was the moment that people were like, oh, and they just went nowhere. And he ended up with Shane. And it was like, all right, now he's back. He didn't even do WrestleMania last year, which is wild. I need them to get back on the Kevin Owens bandwagon and really start pushing this dude, because he's just way too good to waste. Yeah, definitely. Um... This should be his climb back to the top of the card. Sooner or later, you got to stop retreading these old guys. Sooner or later. As your top of the card, guys. Like, Goldberg can't be your savior all the time. You lost Jericho. I don't even you... know Goldberg's saving. Like, who buys... Okay. Real quick. Taker can't be a savior. Like, these can't be your guys. And eventually, Lesnar is not going to be your savior. Well, here's the thing, right? And this is a real quick note about WrestleMania. WrestleMania tickets go on sale in November of every year, and nobody knows 
who the fuck is wrestling? People buy no. tickets to WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. Nobody gives a shit if Goldberg's wrestling or not. I don't think he sells tickets. I don't think a lot of these guys sell tickets. I think Rock versus Cena sold tickets because they, they, they did that like a year in advance. That sold tickets. But for the most part, people just go to WrestleMania for WrestleMania. I don't think they're going necessarily for a match. I think you can do more harm than good with certain talent. It's like, like I said last week, when Batista won the Royal Rumble, I didn't go to WrestleMania because I was like, ain't no way I'm going to go see Batista and Randy Orton. Turned out to be one of the best WrestleManias of all time. I feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> but the point is, is like, there are no saviors. The event should be a savior. If you put on a good event every year, people are just going to go. It's the That's moment it. you start putting on these eight-hour shows and they start being real shitty that people just are weary of buying tickets because they don't care. They don't know if the show is going to be good. Has nothing to do with, oh man, yeah. I can't wait to see Bill Goldberg. No, I don't think anybody in the 2010s, the 2000s, have said that. I don't think anybody's gone, man. No. I can't wait for Bill Goldberg. In the 90s, Vince had the perfect mix of spectacle and wrestling. Right, like he'd get some celebrities, he'd stick them on the mid card, um, and let them do their things. But they were always headlined by wrestling. You had Stone Cold, The Rock. You had Bret Hart, The Rock. These are active wrestlers that you are building and letting them have legendary feuds and legendary matches, so that they can come back and pop crowds twenty years later. He's not letting active wrestlers now do that anymore. And he's going to feel it here. He's going to feel it at this WrestleMania as we go through this car. And he's going to feel that shit in 15 years. When Goldberg's 70, Lesnar's 70, and you're going to have what? I don't know. Cena? He got enough movie money. He don't got to come back. There, There's not a Saudi bag big enough when he can just go and make a movie for two months and make 30, 40 mil. Sweet. So he's going to be in trouble. So we'll see... Um, did we pick a winner to that one? I'm going to say Kevin Owens as well. Yeah, I'm picking KO. Uh, next match, Cena versus Wyatt. Uh, give me Wyatt. There's no reason for Cena to win. There's and Wyatt's running back the feud that he should have won years ago. And I don't expect a great match. But if they make the production crazy and it's more like Lucha Underground, it could be something very different. Um, let him go real Matt Hardy-ish. Let him go, you know, deletion compound type shit. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like you have to. There's no reason Cena should win this match whatsoever. No. Bigger concern is this. The bigger concern is, couldn't this have just been for the Universal title? It should have been. And Cena going for the record makes all the sense. With The Fiend still avenging his loss from years ago, which is his main plot anyway. And now that Reigns pulls out and Goldberg's stuck, they have to... They'll never say it, but they have to feel like assholes for taking the belt off a of brick. Yeah. I mean, I said it before. You didn't need to do this. You had a story with Cena and Bray. You had like yep. you had a built-in story of Cena chasing the opportunity. And because the reality is, as much as we talk about Cena being like in Hollywood and all that, I don't think it takes much for Cena to have a run with a title. If you can give the title nope. to Goldberg, you can give the title to Cena. So if and you, you can't justify Goldberg being a bigger star than John Cena. No, you can't. You cannot. So they could have done this match for the title with The Fiend being undefeated, and there's plenty of people who would have sat there and said, 
You know what? I honestly don't know who's going to win this match. Because do yep. you deny Cena history? Or do you put over the Fiend against somebody else at WrestleMania? Because usually WrestleMania culminates in the good guy winning sometimes. Which way would you have gone? This match would have had a result that everybody would be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Instead, they went for the Roman Reigns-Goldberg thing where everybody knew that there was no way in hell Goldberg was going to win that match. No. What the fuck? To just, put Gold, to just put Roman Reigns back in that spot. But I think it was a decision that was made a year and a half ago when Reigns came back, or a year and three months ago when Reigns came back from cancer. But dude, he could have... And I think it was penciled in that Roman Reigns was going to stand last on the ramp at WrestleMania as a... Re- Turner from cancer beating it the second time and bring the feel-good story. Yeah, I mean, you have to make adjustments on the fly. And I think yep. the biggest issue with Roman Reigns has been and always will be, we like him, we just don't like how you present him to us. Because the moment yep. he came back from cancer, it could have been like this nice slow burn where he works his way up. Hell, I wouldn't even mind if Roman Reigns losing for a few months because he didn't get his energy back. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have been a guy yeah. that was like, man, I, I'm not feeling my, like myself. And then fans would have got behind him. Instead, you threw him in like a nine-month feud with Baron Corbin for reasons I'm, I have no idea of. And now it's like, yes, like, Hogan must pose, Reigns must win. If he beats Goldberg, nobody gives a shit. It just, it, nope. we, it's a foregone conclusion. Whereas, and you could even have spared The Fiend, and you could have Roman Reigns challenge. I mean, you could, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Like, he didn't need the title opportunity here. Not against Goldberg. Could have been against The Fiend, but I, I really think Fiend versus Cena was always the way to go for the title. Because The Fiend wasn't, probably wasn't really in the plans when Roman came back. There was probably no, no like, no, like, this is really going to work. I, yep. They fucked up. I don't think they recognized it was going to catch heat like it did. And Vince already had it, not penciled in, penned in. Magic, you know, magic marker. Sharpied on his calendar, Roman Reigns closes WrestleMania with the belt. Yeah. And refused to move from that. And what do we so, all, like, what have we said? The and best storylines. the ass. The best storylines in WWE are the ones they don't plan for. When they plan for so yep. long, the shit fails. And this is the perfect example. Exactly. And then we have uh, Strowman versus Goldberg for the title. <sighs> Five-minute match. Strowman wins. Oh God! Um, Strowman wins, and he better eat a jackhammer. <coughs> oh God! Uh, holy shit! This dude, dude, the time for Strowman has passed, and like I hate to say this, but I don't want to see him win because Ugh. to me, he doesn't even deserve it. Because Mark Goldberg, I really, really, really hated how Strowman was acting on social media about independent wrestlers uh, needing money. Yeah, I like that really turned me off. Like all the other shit, whatever. But that one, I was just like, dude, putting the title on Strowman. Like, listen, I I don't know. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, Roman's beaten Strowman before, so we've seen that before to get him to the title. Yeah, but there's some real big show shit, right? Yeah, Big Show was transitionary champion several times. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's like, I don't know how much it costs to keep Goldberg. I, you, you guys painted yourself in the corner, figure it the fuck out. But if Goldberg were to go over on Strowman, I actually wouldn't mind. 
Because I just don't think, <laughs> I don't think Strowman's the guy anymore. Can he get him up for a jackhammer? No, nah, man. He's just going to have to spear him to death. Ain't no way. Unless, no unless way. you want to see that dude die. Because, I mean, he could barely. Dude, he got the fiend in a hip toss. What you think he's going to do with Strowman? He, he ain't, <laughs> ain't jackhammering dudes like he did the big show in WCW. Like, that was a phenomenal act of strength. That ain't him no more. He looks better than, he looks stronger than what he is. Can't do that shit anymore. So yeah. He's going to have to spear him like seven times. But I don't. I, I, I'm maybe I'm the only one on this. I really don't want Strowman to win this match. I I don't know what Oldberg brings. I don't know. Oh, they've painted themselves in a horrible corner. Um, main eventing. I'm sure. Listen, I'm just gonna throw. This is gonna main event night one. I don't care. Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. Uh, I think the man is a main event player at this point. So. Back-to-back main eventing WrestleManias, even if it's just night one. Um, it's tough because Shayna came in with that dominant performance and they're building up so much. But I think it's too much. It's a red herring. Becky Lynch retains. I'm picking Becky not because of those reasons. I don't think Vince likes her. <laughs> just This is just how Shayna? I feel. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I can definitely see that. I think, <laughs> I think she came, and Vince has seen her, and then he's looking at her for a while, and then it's just like, nah. And it's like, and you know, like she's not blonde. She doesn't have fake boobs. Yeah, like, like it's she's not blonde. Deck is stacked have, against her. There's a lot of things. It's, she's like the uh, Amanda Nunez of of WWE, where they won't see it until it's too late. The problem with WWE versus UFC is like Amanda Nunez got to knock a few blocks off, and then people are like, all right, fuck it, she's great. Like, Shayna, she never was really great. She's always been, like, the slow, methodical wrestler. And, uh, yeah, man, I can see her losing just because Vince doesn't see it in her. Hopefully, see, I don't even know how this would work. Hopefully, if they, th- there was a plan of bringing Ronda back for this somehow to get into this feud or whatever they're going to do. Because if you miss the bus, you miss the bus, but... There's still some juice in the Horsewomen versus the Horsewomen feud. Even if Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir are totally fucking suck. But <laughs> figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, can, I can definitely see Shayna losing this match. Because Vince doesn't like it. But if any other way, I, I would pick Shayna because I think Becky's better for the chase than as champion. Yeah. But I, I think Becky's going to win. So, um, night two, we have... Or, excuse me, uh, section two. Don't know where the matches fall. We have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Otis has to win, right? <laughs> if Otis doesn't win, this storyline sucks. Because <laughs> there's no payoff for Rusev. We at least, at least need justice for Otis. And he has to leave with the girl. Oh, boy. Oh. Mandy has to give him the biggest kiss after winning. Holy shit. Like, watching Mandy and Dolph, this reminds me of, and I just watched it, Jericho and Christian beefing over Trish Stratish. And then at the end, Trish actually turns on Jericho, who was the babyface at, at the time, and was with Christian. And then after that, I have no idea where that story went. I don't remember a <laughs> goddamn thing. I just remember the sight of Trish Stratish slapping Trish Jer- Chris Jericho, and then Christian hitting him with the unpretty. I was like, whoa, they really did that shit. Could they do that here with Ziggler? They've put Mandy with Dolph, like, doesn't make any sense, but they've paired those two so much, and I'm like, they can't do that to Otis. You can't. But then again, you can. 
I don't think they will. <laughs> I don't think no, they will. You gotta give Otis the feel good moment. Yeah, I just I don't know. But the only issue I have is if Otis wins, where does he go from there? Back to the tag team. All right. With Mandy in this corner, is that how it works? Yeah, she has to be like a valet. Okay. I mean, why not? Yeah, sure. Um, girlfriends cause dissension, though. So if you wanted to break up the tag team, please don't. I guess. Tucker can get tired of it, but no, God, no. Just leave them together. Um, Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley, your favorite build of this card. non-existent build? (laughs) Why is this match happening? I don't know. It Honestly, it should be a squash with Aleister just kicking the shit out of him. Um, Just quick, Lashley enters the ring, Black Mask, over. But, I don't know. Aleister Black's going to win. The fuck is Bobby Lashley done? Exactly. But he better win. And if he squashed him, it would be a much better for Black because now you actually can push Black into a believable position to challenge somebody like anybody. I don't know. Black has been in a holding pat- pattern since he got here. He hasn't done anything. So, no. Yeah. They haven't weakened him, no. but he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done shit. Um... Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I was like, Rhea Ripley? Yeah, this is on Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhea Ripley wins. I don't know. Can't see Charlotte Flair as NXT champ. I, don't. I can't either. And then what? She wrestles the winner of the ladder match? I don't I, I dog. I don't know. There's one thing. There's a scenario that I could see, but I know that they wouldn't pull the trigger on. Is that Charlotte wins and immediately drops that shit to Bianca. No. Yeah, she's not doing it. No, I know. But the, the reality is, I don't know if people are with me on this, but I think Bianca has built a sympathetic type of angle because she hasn't won the big one. Mm-hmm. And there is some steam there with Charlotte. And if Bianca were to win the ladder match and Charlotte were to beat Rhea, there's a way to keep Charlotte off NXT is Bianca finally gets her big one I mean, against Charlotte at the next takeover. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that shit. I think Rhea Ripley's going to win, and I have no idea what they do after that. Have Bianca go after her again? I don't know. Or you, you finally give Io Shirai the chance? I, Isn't it weird that, that Rhea Ripley's already... That ladder match is going to tell us more about it is. the feud than this one. Isn't it weird that I feel like Rhea Ripley, she's only defended the title like once, and it already feels stale? Yeah, it was quick. <laughs> quick. Shit. Um... We've seen that, though. Listen, they turned Bailey heel, and that shit was stale in two weeks. Yeah, that shit was stale right now. <laughs> right, right now, right now. Um, so that's ugly. Let's get into that match. Uh, six-way match. Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina, Bailey, and Sasha. Oh, God. Sasha Bay Inks wins this match. It's time to put it back on Sasha. She came back. She was hot. When she came back, blue hair. She's just been real cool with Bailey. And I understand I don't want babyface Sasha, but it's a way to just have Sasha be a super heel and screw Bailey anyway. I can't pick Sasha. I'd like to see it, but I feel like if she wins, you can't really turn her heel. Right? And I feel like, oh God. She could stab Bailey in the back. Yeah, but then who who the hell wants to see this black-haired Bailey as a baby face? I no, like, she would just have to go back to like a pony. Like I think the only it had to have grown out. Look, the only thing that actually works for me 
is an injury angle to get Bailey and this character the fuck out of here. Where Sasha yep. beats the shit out of Bailey. I just don't think it's gonna happen oh, here. That's perfect. And then bring her back like two months from now. Re she that's how you do it. You give her that underdog feel again. She's going back. Do a couple vignettes in her hometown now we that there's fucking corona. <laughs> Have her around her family. Just go record something, right? She's home anyway. Okay. Have her record something. You know, getting back to her essence, finding, you know, finding the old school Bailey. I'm a hugger T-shirt. This, Going back to the gym where she trained in the Bay. Bring that whole story around. This, this is an elimination match, isn't it? I believe so. I hate to say this, but I think they're gonna finally put that title on Lacey Evans. Oh I, God! I hate to say this. I listen. I hope I'm wrong. This is not a pick that I'm going, man, if I'm right, I'm going to be celebrating. I'm going to be pissed if I'm right. I hope I'm wrong. But I feel like they've worked this. this. They're going to screw us somewhere. Yeah, I don't think Sasha's going to get it. I think you can build that feud with her and Bailey without the titles. I think they're going to find a way to put this shit on Lacey Evans. If they put it on Tamina, that would be like the Zack Ryder moment of the year. But that shit ain't happening. Uh, Naomi's a better fit than her. Yeah, but they're not putting it on Naomi either. Ugh. Yeah, they're going to screw us somewhere. That's probably the biggest place. Um, Street Profits versus Austin Theory, Angel Garza. Street Profits win. What? This... Yeah, that, we don't even got it. <laughs> Come on, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Here? Like, he has a real cousin. Not... Fuck it. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Austin Theory gets a moment. Maybe... I mean, Triple H really likes Austin Theory. So maybe he was just like, I just want this kid on Mania. They're going to lose anyway. Let me just get my guy on Mania. Perhaps, but shit. This doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> Throw him a bone. Um, he really should have caught uh, Montez Ford this week, though. How you just let my boy <laughs> just hit the ramp? Like, Austin, what are you doing? He just looked at him. Oh, God. Montez hit that ramp hard as hell. Unintentionally funny. So uh, <laughs> then we pick up final, what, three matches of WrestleMania. Edge versus Orton, the match with the best build, and Edge's promos are just money still. Not sure how much we get out of this match. It is, what is, what's the stipulation? It's last man standing. Last man standing. So it got to go a while if it's last man standing. At least so. 25 minutes. Um, Edge has to win. There's no reason for Randy Orton to win. Well, it all depends on what we're doing with Edge after this. If Edge is done, he's going to lose. If he came back for one match and he's going to lose, that's it, he's going to lose. But I have a feeling that Edge is going to have that Kurt Angle run where he'll end his career next year. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Edge as well. I figure it's going to be like this overproduced thing that Beth Phoenix gets involved and I don't know. Um, and that, that way Orton loses. But if Edge is going to continue wrestling, he's going to win this match. Otherwise, he'll lose. But I'm going to pick Edge. Fair enough. Uh, then we have Boneyard match. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Undertaker is winning because I don't think Styles cares about winning at this point. Styles is on the retirement tour. Like, and not in the best of ways. He's just like, yo, you signed me for five more years. I'm collecting this check and I am stacking and I'm out. But he's done enough. His championship run was great. I mean, he beat CM Punk's record, I believe. Like, he did enough. People are like, oh, the WWE 
has done wrong by a lot of people who came up through NXT or they signed from other promotions lately. They have not done wrong by AJ Styles. He had runs. He could have better matches, but that's on him. Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe this, he's not young. He came, he saw, he conquered. He's had long championship runs. I, I think he's okay with this, and I think he's going to lose. Um, I do think you're right in the sense that, you know, they haven't done wrong by AJ Styles. And I think this is more of a uh, thank you, AJ type of match. But, man, can we send Undertaker into retirement, please? I, I want... AJ like, won't be the one to do it. No, you The Fiend would have been the perfect one well, to do it. I have... Because this is a Boneyard match, and because it's pre-recorded, and because Undertaker, like, is geriatric and hardly move, I fully expect something weird to happen where the Good Brothers get involved, and then maybe Kane gets involved, and maybe... I'm going to see him bury all three of them. Yeah, like... I, like I have a feeling this is going to be a very overbooked match in some kind of way. Not to the similar effect of NWO versus DX when Sting versus Triple H happened. But I would like to see some some involvement of like the ghosts of Taker's past and shit like that. It's a Boneyard match. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, nobody, like, nobody here is looking for a great wrestling match. Definitely not no. AJ. So... I'd like to see AJ win, but I think you're right. I think Undertaker wins in like this overproduced, wild, weirdo match. and Styles loses and whatever. He goes back to doing what he was doing before. If this and The Fiend match are on different days, I would love to see The Fiend pop up after Taker wins and bury Taker. Yeah, that ain't happening. Mandible Claw Taker put him in the grave, setting up next year's Mania a year ahead. Which is Taker's retirement match. Dude, Taker's too old to book that far ahead. I hate to say things like that, but come on, man. Can't do that to Undertaker. I, I just love it. That's it. Just set this, plant the seed. You ain't got nothing else to do. Plant the seed. I don't want this. Um, main event of the whole shit, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. Lesnar! That Drew McIntyre hype video is hilarious. I don't think it was supposed to be. I don't think it was supposed to be a comedy. No, but I found that shit hilarious. That shit was straight right. Uh, It was Lesnar. Oh, Drew Mac has to win. Man, it's his time. This is another one where I'm like, if we had the WrestleMania crowd, I'd be like, yeah, definitely Drew Mac. But now that he doesn't, I don't know, man. Because look. Since if bronze, I, I don't know. It's, now that bronze in that match, I feel like there's going to definitely be the title change. Um, just my only question is, and it, it's it's a it's not necessarily a completely weird one, but if Brock loses, what do you do with Brock Lesnar? You let him go hunting and fishing, nah. and then he comes back. Brock Lesnar's the only guy who can lose one match, come back the next, you know, four months after, win the belt that night. And you're like, okay, it's Brock Lesnar. Like, I mean, what are we going to say? It's true. It's true. But I have this fear. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about Rhea Ripley, that the same thing could happen to Drew McIntyre. Oh, Drew's getting very boring as NXT champion in three weeks. Like, Drew, the minute that he started counting down the Claymore kick, I was like, oh, he's corny now. And I like Drew <laughs> a lot. That, that bothered you a lot more Darn. than it should have. Because it's so dumb. For a number of reasons. One, if I'm his opponent and I hear that shit, I'm leaving. But that's always Shawn Michaels tuning up the band? Yeah, yeah, I know. But, like, with Drew, like, 
three, two, and the whole crowd can't chanting with him is so corny. But I, but I feel like Drew has always been a much more menacing heel. Like he's he's a menacing guy. Like like look at him, and he's if he wins this title, he's gonna be like we're gonna be happy for like the first day. And then I don't think they're going to record for a month. And he's going to show up and cut this promo. We're going to be happy. And then he's going to have his first feud. And we're going to go, yeah, this ain't it, Chief. Because who is he feud with? Where's the fun in this? So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think he's going to win. I just, I'm worried. They're going to Rhea Ripley him. And everybody else, they turned babyface and took the teeth out of their whole gimmick. So. Maybe I have to change my prediction and Seth Rollins beats Kevin Owens because Seth versus Drew would be the next feud. We did that already, though, didn't we? Did he? Maybe, but that's your biggest heel face right now on it's, Raw. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, you're only good, well, not your only, but for the most part, a champion is only as good as their opponents. And if you don't really have anybody to go up against, it becomes really stale really quick. And Drew, Drew Kevin Owens would be good. It would, but they're both baby faces. Faces, yeah. So you're, you're in a tough spot. So um, I'm going to pick Drew, but I think these are the moments where when people go, I don't want to see Lesnar win. And then when Lesnar doesn't win, then you look around and you be like, ah, oh, shit, give him back the title. So, yeah, like who else is there? Who yeah. else is there? Um, Samoa Joe returning would make for a good feud. Samoa Joe wouldn't win the title, but that's a three-month program. You can really get some out of <laughs> And it sucks because that's the time that I'll be like, it's time to put Samoa Joe over. But they wouldn't. But, yeah. So no, no, no. I think Drew McIntyre he's, wins. He's, he's good in that position. I think Drew wins and Brock takes some time off like you mentioned. Maybe he comes back SummerSlam, Survivor Series, somewhere. As soon like as he comes back, he wins another belt. <laughs> He'll just come back to SmackDown and win their title. Which is like, like he can really just flip-flop brands yeah. and just win wherever you want. He's like the rinse and repeat guy because, look, we're not going to get too much into this because we'll talk about it after the match. But somebody, when John Cena said that Brock Lesnar is the greatest like wrestler he's ever been in the ring with, and I didn't poo-poo that idea because I like when you watch Brock when he's in, there's nothing like him. And yeah. I, like like there's legit like I was watching that Kurt Angle match from WrestleMania 19, and I was like, yeah. holy fuck. There's nothing like this guy. I've never seen anybody like... If he hits that shooting star press against Angle, that shit goes up to one of the top WrestleManias of all time. But he botched it, and that's the shit we remember. But the point is, Brock is a complete enigma in pro wrestling. Athletic, a giant, strong, doesn't even need to cut a promo, does shit that nobody else can do. And you get tired of him because of the, the Suplex City shit got old, but... Who doesn't remember him squashing Cena and how, how we were like, holy shit. He's the... Yeah, he's he's the real deal. He really is. He really and you just, is. Wrestling is so much of unathletic people learning how to do athletic things and are, they are able to talk. That's really what a lot of wrestling is. Like, CM Punk has shown that. He's not an athlete. He went to the UFC, got his ass whooped. Like, these are guys who are mildly athletic to oh that guy's a pretty good athlete but he's not an NBA player he's not an NFL star athlete some guys were NFL star they were linemen and not clowny JJ Watt style linemen they were like O linemen defensive tackles in college you know like there's not that level of this is one of the best athletes of a generation. Angle was that. 
But even he was coming off a neck injury. That never allowed him to be right. Brock Lesnar is that enigma. Where he was one of the greatest wrestlers of his generation. Collegiate wrestlers. Then came into wrestling was the pure natural freak of nature. And I was like, you know what? I'm so good. I'm going to actually win a heavyweight title in a legit UFC promotion. Like, that'll never be seen again. And I don't care who he was fighting in the UFC. He was fighting a legit champion. He was that good. And to come back to wrestling, like, if you want it to be believable, there's nothing more believable than Brock Lesnar. Because he went out and proved it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's never really see crazy. that again. People like people And when he goes, he shows that athleticism. Yeah. He shows that next level athleticism. People continue to say things like, I don't want to see him as champion. Like him squashing Kofi. Like I was an advocate for that at all. But the reality with Brock Lesnar is is that it should, it didn't need to be Kofi. That was my issue. It could have been somebody else. Like Brock having a competitive match with Kofi and then putting uh beating Kofi would have been fine with me. Him squashing Kofi did nothing for anybody. But Brock Lesnar is just when dude, I have never seen there are very few athletes overall that can turn it on and turn it off like Brock Lesnar. Because when Brock is checked out and just feels like German suplexing you to death, that's what you're gonna get. And you're gonna be pissed and you're not gonna be <laughs> happy with it. But when when he's dialed in, Royal Rumble two thousand seventeen or two thousand sixteen, the, the, the Cena Rollins Royal Rumble, that match, unbelievable. Because of the shit that Brock did. Brock Lesnar squashing Cena. Unbelievable. Brock Lesnar CM Punk. Unbelievable. Then he has these matches like the Goldberg match when he's checked out. And you're like, this is fucking horrible. But man. Y'all gotta recognize that Brock is... He'll never be one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. He just hasn't been here long enough. And he refuses to stay to do that. He's just... Like he doesn't give a shit about this business like that. But man, when he is on... Like him and him and Drew Mack, if they were like, dude, imagine him and Drew Mack in like a New Japan match or PWG match with a motivated Lesnar. You're getting the damn near five star match. Oh yeah, hands down. Okay. Like if you look at those house fights, that's what I'm saying. We've had in PWG and come on, like dude. if he's motivated, you can get that. And Drew, Drew can do that. We know Drew can do that. Just let, let if pushed to that level. Let him go. Because even though nobody wanted to see Goldberg versus Lesnar in Orlando like two or three years ago, for as long as that shit was, it was entertaining. And I credit all of that to Brock Lesnar. Because when he feels like doing his shit, he's going to do his shit. So hopefully, I say all that to say that if Drew Mack is going to win, I hope it's in like a super competitive match that reminds people how good Brock Lesnar is when he's on. Because there's nothing like it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And we'll revisit this after, you know, after next week. After we see these. So, nothing else to do but to watch it. <laughs> so, this weekend we'll be getting drunk on our stream. Uh, I'm not sure if other people can see this stream. How does that work, Dre? No, no, it's just with us. Is it just us? Yeah. Good, good, good. Alright, so I can really act a fool. Hot takes will be flying. But, just know that we'll also be tweeting throughout... And, yeah, we'll bring a recap show, I'm guessing, on Monday, our first show next week. will probably be a recap of Mania. So a lot of wrestling recently. And then we'll get back into the groove of the other things. 
as the week plays out. Make sure you guys follow us at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. Thank you guys for listening to the show almost two hours long. We appreciate you guys. But until next week, we're out. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.